Good evening, church. Thank you for joining us this evening. Just want to talk about a couple of things first. Uh, we've got these devotionals available. Uh, there are four different ones all about Christmas. They all have the same message uh, that God saw a broken world and he decided to do something about it. And uh, he sent Jesus to uh, rescue us. And so that's what Christmas is really about. Uh, we've got these devotionals available. This one's called The Hope of Christmas. And there's three others over there by the welcome desk. As soon as you walk in, you'll see them. Uh, be sure to grab some before you leave uh, for yourself or for people that might not know the true meaning of Christmas, and uh, be sure to hand those out to people uh, this holiday season. Uh, as always, we encourage you to be connected in a small group of people if you're not in one already. Uh, we've got groups that meet weekly, and uh, we've got them for all different age groups, all different types of people groups. We're going to be starting a couple of new groups in 2024 that we're really excited about. But if you're interested in any of those groups, you can see a volunteer over at the guest services desk, and they'll be happy to assist you. You can also comment online if you're watching the live stream. You can comment groups, and uh, we will reach out to you this week. And uh, hopefully we can uh, get you involved in a small group. Uh, Christmas Women's Party is scheduled uh, happening Monday uh, at 630. Uh, so if you're planning on coming, bring a finger food and bring a white elephant gag gift. If you're not familiar with that, basically buy something that you wouldn't want to take home and then bring it so someone can take it home. That's pretty much how it works. Uh, we just had one with our praise team this past Wednesday. Uh, I bought uh, socks that had I love spam on them. And uh, it had just, and it, it was in a can of spam as well, so that was pretty cool. Uh, but that's an example of something you can buy if you're not familiar with that. But it's a really fun thing to do. So if you're a woman and you're interested in coming to this, see Connie before you leave tonight. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun uh, this coming Monday. We're going back to our local nursing homes uh, for our Christmas outreach. Uh, we're really excited about this for a couple different reasons, and I'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, but if you're unfamiliar, we're the church that kind of does uh, things that no one does. And uh, there are two nursing homes in our community that are really overlooked, uh, Parkside and Shady Lawn. Uh, they have become some of our best friends at Christmas time, and uh, they know us as the church that basically gives them socks and toboggans and all that kind of stuff. And Santa also makes an appearance for them as well. And uh, Santa and Mrs. Claus are coming this year uh, to greet them as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And if you walked in the door and you saw the tree and it looked like a bunch of socks on it, it's because there's a bunch of socks on it. And uh, we need you to fill that tree uh, this week because we're going to be doing this next weekend going to our nursing homes. So a couple ways you can help. You can bring in some more socks this week uh, before Thursday. Thursday's the last day to bring them in if you're going to bring them in during the week. Uh, you can bring those, hang them on the tree. We need about 125 pair, and I haven't really counted, but I, we're short 125. So if you can bring in some socks for us, that would be awesome. And also you can bring in some candy and drop it in this tote over here by the stage. And those and the socks are going to go in little goodie bags that they're going to get from Santa and Mrs. Claus. So that'll be really fun as well. You can also donate cash and check to the Tide Jug. That'll go for extra socks and candy if we don't have enough. And it's also going to help with the meal that we're serving. Uh, we are partnering with the Cynthia Cheese Store for a $6 boxed meal that has uh, turkey, green beans, mashed potatoes, and a slice of pumpkin pie. And it's going to be really, really fun. And the best thing about it to us is uh, the Cheese Store was all over this, and they are actually meeting us there and serving the food at the nursing homes on Friday the 15th and Saturday the 16th. And so that's where you can come in as well. We've got three different dates if you want to volunteer uh, that you can help with hands-on stuff. Uh, so Thursday, this coming Thursday, which is the 14th, we're going to be meeting here at the church at 6.30 and putting all of this together. We'll be putting all of the socks 
and candy in these goodie bags and separating them by men and women and by the nursing homes. And it takes a little bit of time when there's 125 people. So if we can get about 10 of us here, we could get it done in probably an hour. Uh, so if that's you, you want to help with that, just sign up over here uh, over at this little sign-up sheet. You uh, leave your name and your phone number, and we'll reach out to you this week about when to meet and just a reminder that you signed up. You can also help deliver these goodie bags with Santa and Mrs. Claus and uh, see the reaction on these people's face because it, it is awesome to see their reaction when Santa comes to visit. Uh, we are doing that Friday the 15th at 430 and Saturday the 16th at 4.30. Uh, they eat around 4.30 for their dinner time, and we're going to go during that time uh, when they're serving food, and uh, we'll be sure to give out those bags as well. It's a really fun thing to do if you haven't done it before. It's a really great, easy kind of test drive to be a Journey volunteer. So if you're interested in any of those three, be, be sure to sign up over here at this sign-up sheet, and we'll reach out to you just to remind you about the times and that you signed up to help with this outreach. Uh, let's talk about uh, Unexpected Christmas. Uh, this is going to be my series for two weeks uh, starting next weekend. Uh, Bobby and Connie will be traveling to Canada, so I'm in charge. And as I've said for the past couple weeks, pray for me and then pray for you because I'm in charge. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm excited for it. I've got great messages planned uh, as far as I'm concerned. Bobby just looked at him, I think, and I think he's approved of them. Uh, but I'm very excited for these messages, really excited for Christmas. Uh, Christmas started for me in October, and I'll talk about that in my messages and uh, all of this stuff. So be sure to join us Christmas weekend, the 23rd and the 24th. Uh, 23rd at 6 on a Saturday, 24th is on a Sunday this year. Join us at 1030 for our Christmas Eve service. We will not have a night service on Christmas Eve, so please don't show up to Journey and no one's here and get disappointed because we will not be having a Christmas Eve night service. It's only in the morning at 1030. So join us for Christmas this year at Journey. And with that being said, we've got a one-weekend message from Bobby. Uh, we just finished our Momentum series last week, but we're going into a new series for just one weekend called You Matter, He Is For You. Uh, we're going to start this in just a second, but we're talking about Joseph, but we're not talking about this Joseph just yet. Well, we're talking about Joseph in the book of Genesis and suffering and hurt and how sometimes at the end of the year and around Christmas time, a lot of us are feeling those hurt and those pains. And sometimes what some people might feel is a joyous, you know, blissful season, others are hurting this time of year. So how do we talk about that? How do we get through that? God's with us. And we matter to God. He really is for us. Let's go ahead and get started. Okay, guys, uh, Merry Christmas, a little pre-Merry Christmas, and uh, I, I am excited for you and for all of us, and uh, I just love this time of year. It is the best ever. 
we're all singing the right kind of songs. We're singing Christmas songs and Christmas carols and baby Jesus born in Bethlehem. And it is, it is fun. And it's also the time of year where there's a little bit of the collision of Santa Claus and Jesus all at the same time. And it can get a little testy uh, for all of us trying to figure this out. So I, I thought about this a little bit, and I thought how, you know, it turns out that it's not all bad. And, and here's what I mean by that. Here's what I mean. I want to kind of give you the context and the backstory before I actually get to the story about the two Josephs in the Bible. One is at Christmas, and one is a lot earlier. And uh, it's the Joseph who found his life was not always perfect. Sometimes things happen. So here's what I want to say. Probably all of us have searched our uh, searched ourselves and uh, gone to every store that we know and online shopping and everything else trying to find the perfect gift. And if you've got a toddler and you've experienced Christmas with a toddler and you notice what happened after they opened the perfect package and then cast it aside, <laughs> what you thought was the perfect gift, you really you know, tried really hard to get the perfect gift, and then they just cast it aside. And before you know it, they're over there playing with a box. They're sitting in a box, or they got a box on their head. The box that the gift came in, you know, turned out to be the perfect gift. The funny thing is, as much as we have in the Bible, it's like the perfect Christmas tree. Yeah, Brian's going to talk about this. I did read his message. He's talking about how sometimes we're all wanting to have the perfect Christmas tree, everything aligned, every ornament in place, everything matching, every light lit up, and before you know it, you know, we're not really sure why we did it. <laughs> like, why'd I go all this trouble if my kid's not even going to play with the perfect gift and, and uh, they just wanted the box? Do you know what I discovered about God in the Bible as I thought about this message? There are two recurring themes found almost everywhere in the Bible that I want to talk about tonight. That you matter to God, and He really is for you. And He is trying hard for you to open your gift but it's like all of us shopping, shopping, shopping and putting all the ribbons and paper together and only to discover they really were more interested in the box itself. There are two recurring themes in the Bible I want you to focus on. No matter what's happened in your life, no matter Brian talks about random things that will happen to us. Sometimes it are unexpected. And we wonder if God has really got a plan. He has a plan. He really does. Brian will talk about that during Christmas season. Here's the two themes. Here's the two themes I want to talk about. Faith and joy. Everywhere in the Bible, just about. There's others. There are other themes everywhere in the Bible. But if you're not careful, you're going to end up trying to make it too hard. Like shopping for the perfect gift. Oh, if I just got in the right small group study. If I just got the right Bible version. If I just sung the right song. If I just had the right partner. I don't know. Let's make it easier than that. Like the child who's cast aside the pretty wrapping paper and the ribbons. 
the present inside and discovered the box. Let's just talk about the box. <laughs> the Bible tells us that without faith it's impossible to please God. Try as you may, you can go to church for the rest of your life. You can say a million prayers, a hundred Hail Marys or whatever your church teaches. Ain't going to get you there. You got to get back to what it really is like the box. You know, what is in the box? Faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's a recurring theme from beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelation for everybody's life. And the second theme that I want to emphasize in my pre-Christmas message to guide you into the next two weekends with Brian is this idea of joy. God's the source of joy, First Peter chapter 15. It is God. It is God in the story of your life and my life. Let me open it up here. It is God. I pray that God will fill us completely with joy and peace because of the, the joy that comes from knowing God as our Savior. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. 1 Peter chapter 15, verse 3 as well. Talking about finding peace and joy throughout the Bible. So, let's not make it so hard and let's just discover what's in the box that we might all realize how much God really loves us. Because that's also another theme throughout all the Bible. And I'm going to finish with that tonight. And we're going to read 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, that perfect love cast out all fear. Do you want to know something? Your parents love you dearly. Your grandparents love you dearly. Your aunt and uncle love you dearly. Your, whoever it is, your coach, your neighbor, they love you dearly. They wanted to find the best present possible. God loves you dearly, no matter your circumstance. You matter to God, and he really is for you. And so the best thing that we can do at Christmas season, uh, no matter how difficult or how deep and dark the hole is that we've been in possibly at times this time of year with circumstances that Brian will talk about that maybe feel like they're just random things that happened to good people. Why did it happen to me? Let me share a story with you tonight about the Joseph and his family. Joseph, coat of many colors, and let's let Brian talk about the other Joseph and Mary and baby Jesus. But let's find out how in both instances, Joseph's of the Bible, maybe Bob's or Billy's or Sue's or Mary's, God really is this idea of faith and joy is a gift to receive and to be opened. And it really isn't something that's hard for any of us to discover. It is there. But sometimes you have to listen. You have to listen to the story. Man, there are some really exciting stories. So let me paraphrase. Let me paraphrase a story about the Joseph that I want to talk about in Genesis chapter, chapter 37. And then I'll give you three takeaways. That's all I've got. Three takeaways at the end of the story, which is a really cool story. 
And man, there are some really cool stories at Christmas, but also every day of the year. We just had two baptisms this week on Thursday. I wish I could spend time just talking about the baptisms. We have people who came in and said, I've listened, I've watched, I've never made that kind of a decision about baptism myself. Can I do it? Can I do it anytime? I don't want to do it in front of the other service of other people, but could I do it privately? We said, you can do it anytime. Just to discover that your story matters and God, God is for you, not against you. It is exciting. People who make personal decisions to open the box and discover it's not so complicated after all and that God really is with us and he cares about the small details in our life. But sometimes it does seem like and it does feel like that it's going to take forever. So let me read a bit of this, paraphrase a bit of this in Genesis chapter 37. You can go there. We'll look at a few verses. I'm going to read a few verses, but Genesis chapter 45, verse 1 and 2, I'll look at in just a moment. Here's how it begins. There's a Joseph guy in the Bible in chapter 37 who is a guy who has uh, dreams and vision and great potential with God, and uh, God wants to use him. And that's where Joseph's story begins. Maybe that's where you're at right now. Maybe you're an overachieving kind of person who has great vision and dreams about your future. And so God begins to speak to you directly, and you have these uh, opportunities to share this with other people. And how we present this to other people is pretty important. If we begin to sound arrogant or bold or... Uh, if, if it really becomes uh, uh, something that is about us more than God, it can be misunderstood. And I think in Joseph's life, what happened in his life was he began to speak about God's messages and God's conversations, and they just saw him as another person who was just a punk brother in the family who seemed to get all the attention and he got all the favoritism of his father and so maybe you feel that way maybe you're misunderstood say misunderstood maybe God's talking to you I don't know and maybe it is that God has a mission for you I don't know but listen with me carefully about the story of this Joseph who it took a long time for his story to unwind and maybe it takes a long time for our story to really unwind so that we can begin to understand it. As this Joseph with great potential had this, uh, you know, this idea that he might share his dreams and visions with his family who, who resented him, and potentially and possibly it was because of the way it was presented. If you're not careful, your presentation and telling other people what God's doing in your life may not go over so well. But it is true that God is with us no matter no matter how deep or dark the hole is that we've dug ourselves in the ground because we said it the wrong way, we, we expressed it the wrong way or whatever, God is still working with us and he was in Joseph's life in Genesis chapter 37. And so you have to be patient and you have to be willing to wait for the end of the story and God is still writing your story. And I pray that you can have your own miracle at Christmas. Everybody wants a Christmas miracle. I was at the hospital yesterday in Lexington with a family, and they need a Christmas miracle, and they're praying for someone to get well. And I prayed with them, and we all need a Christmas miracle. And sometimes it's your story. Everybody has a story. And God's not finished with our story, and he still is writing your Christmas story in a chapter in your Christmas 2023. 
But we have to be patient and we have to trust God and we have to wait on God. And it's difficult because we are people. And Joseph's just a person like you and I. And he really was talking to God. And maybe you really are talking to God. And maybe God is even talking to you in your prayers. And you really feel God's presence. But your presentation and how you present it and when you present it and where you present it is really one of those kind of delicate things that only God can line up. Say, line up. And Christmas is one of those times when we don't get it all lined up so easy because we're busy shopping and there's collisions with Santa Claus and Jesus and even with each other. Like, get out of the line. That one's mine right there. Get your hands off of it. I want it. And it just gets crazy. Chaos. And it got that way in Joseph. Coat of many colors. Brothers who are jealous. He's the favorite one. And, and so it's this moment in his life where everybody really is against him, or at least it feels that way, and even it feels that God has looked the other way. But there is the story of Joseph where he's betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery, and it seems like it's uh, never going to be better, and maybe it feels that way for you this year. Maybe it has been that kind of year. I just listened to the guy on Caleb, Carlos, and Carlos was being the DJ today as Caleb played on the radio. And Carlos said, I don't know about you, but for me, this has been a long year. And especially the last six months of this year have been really difficult. And I'm asking for God just to let me not lose hope and be faithful and know that he is with me. Amen. Maybe that's where you are. It happens to all of us, guys. It happened to the story. It's our story. The story of this Joseph that I'm reading about, the Joseph that was betrayed, and maybe you've been betrayed, the Joseph that was misunderstood, and maybe you've been misunderstood. And it leaves us with a lot of questions. And it, it ended up that this Joseph, who because he was betrayed by his brothers, I'll paraphrase again a lot of the story that you already know. They decided instead of actually killing him, which they had started out to do because just do away with him completely, they thought maybe because of one suggestion, Benjamin said, maybe we could make some money from this. Let's just sell him into human trafficking, sell him into slavery and We'll be, we'll be finished with him forever. And so at that moment, as he went down the road, and maybe you've been sent on down the road a time or two yourself. Maybe we all have. The job didn't work out like you thought it would. It didn't pay off like you thought it would. You didn't get better when you went to the doctor in the hospital like you thought it would. It just didn't happen the way you thought it would. Amen? Yeah. I mean, it happens to us, and you can get discouraged, but remember what I said, that there's this recurring theme throughout the stories of the Bible and your story and mine, that we, we have to keep our faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, and that, that the God of all comfort and joy is the source of our joy, and, and that it really is this God who is with us, Romans chapter 15, verse 13, throughout all of life. And uh, Joseph becomes a slave. He's sent to prison. He actually goes through a period in his life, a couple of years, where it is really difficult. But he is discovered eventually. And 
He's discovered by Pharaoh and he's discovered by important people because he can interpret dreams because God has given him abilities and and at the right time. Say right time? Christmas is just the right time. Yeah, I don't know, but God knew what he was doing with it was just the right time. It was the right time for the wise men. It was the right time for the shepherds. It was the right time for Mary and Joseph. It was the right time for Jesus. It's just the right time. So you're in a hurry, and I'm in a hurry, but God's in no hurry, and so it's just at the right time, and you have to have faith, because without faith it's impossible to please God, and you got to believe that he wants you to be filled with his joy, so you go to him, who is the source of our joy, and it's like clearing away the clutter of that package that you thought would make you happy. If I just got this relationship going, or if I got this job going, and it's like we're tearing into the package because we think that's going to bring us joy, but it doesn't really bring us the joy that we're searching for, and it's like casting away you know, the present that we thought we were really needing the most, and now we're playing with the box that it came in. It's just joy, who God is the source of that joy that we discover when you clear away some of the clutter around the tree at Christmas. Does that make sense? Amen? Yeah, yeah, that's how it works. And this Joseph that I'm reading about, finally God elevates him. And finally he elevates him to a position of power. And it really is, a, it's really a cool story. Uh, Genesis chapter 41 says, So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Well, I skipped a whole bunch of stuff. It was a long story and a long ride. When God gets involved after years and years, he actually spent about 20 years in, uh, in this situation where... Uh, he didn't have his freedom before he actually was re reunited with his family. It seems like an awful long time for some young guy who's 16 or 17 years old, 18 or 19. He's got this vision and dream of what God might do in his life. And uh, it took a long time for all of that to work out. Maybe it's taken a long time. Just don't lose hope. Just don't give up faith. Say amen. And you're thinking, but I don't have that much time, you know. You know, like I'm, I'm, look, can we work on this a little quicker, God? And so I'm sure that this Joseph that I'm reading about in Genesis 45 in just a second, I'm sure this Joseph felt the same way. Like, do you know how long I've been in here? <laughs> like, can't we get something going? And I'd sure like to have, a, you know, some new clothes again. I'd like to have some of my freedoms back. Look at Genesis chapter 45. Put that on the screen, Fred. So Joseph couldn't hold himself in any longer, keeping up a front before all his attendants. He cried out, leave. Clear out, everyone leave. So there was no one with Joseph when he identified himself to his brothers. This is the message paraphrase. But his sobbing was so violent that the Egyptians couldn't help but to hear him. And the news was soon reported to Pharaoh's palace. So this is at the end of this period where he was incarcerated and where he was arrested and where he was misunderstood and misjudged and he was treated unfairly. Heck, I don't know how many times that's happened to you. 
I don't know how many people have done that to you. You might be thinking you're the most unlucky, unlucky person ever at Christmas. And this Christmas, it might even feel that way. But God's not give up on you. You really do matter. I'm telling you, he is for you. Say amen. It's just that we have to have faith because it's impossible to please God without faith. And you got to hang on to your joy to get through some of the hardships and some of the challenges that really come up each day. And so how do I do that? We go to the source of all joy, who is God, Romans chapter 15. And so that's what we're reading about here in the story of Joseph, that at the end of this period of nearly 20 years, he gets a chance to be reunited with the same people <laughs> who, who sold him down the road, his brothers. And, and really, it does turn out really good. It's really like a wonderful life, like Jimmy Stewart would say, like, you know, Clarence got his wings and everything. I mean, it's a great story at the end, but it took a long time to get there. I mean, Jimmy Stewart jumped in the river. I mean, come on now. It, it feels that way sometimes to us, like I give up. And so God wants us to hold on to our dreams. He is working on it. He has a plan. It's not all random. It, it is a plan of God. But sometimes his plan does include difficulties and circumstances that we couldn't imagine or didn't imagine. And that didn't, it didn't turn out so well early on in Joseph's life. And it would have been easy just to be angry. Are you angry? Come on now. You don't have to say anything. Don't raise your hand. If you're online right now, a lot of people get angry at holidays for a lot of different reasons. Are you angry about life? Don't do that. Don't do that. Because he is for you. You really do matter. And he's working on something. And it may have been a long time. And it's just finally caught up with you. And you just feel like, I've had it. And you're depressed, discouraged, in despair. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So don't lose your faith. And if you've lost some of the luster and some of the shine, and you're not as joyful like everybody's singing Christmas carols right now, move a little closer to the man who really does love you most. Amen? Move a little closer. Take a step to the direction wherever God is. Whoever you are, whatever has happened in your life that you feel defeated, man, I've been shafted all my life, and this is the way it's turned out. Hope is reborn. Hope is alive. Turns out, like momentum is a thing, hope is a thing at Christmas too. Amen. You can have some hope through this uh, faith that I'm talking about and trusting God even when life is difficult. So here's the three, here's the three takeaways. I, that's probably enough of my Joseph story to take you through. That, that Joseph, Brian will take you through some more of the story of Joseph and Mary and baby Jesus. But I want you to see how they're very similar. When he's talking in the next couple of weekends, I want you to remember what I just said about this Joseph in Genesis 35, 36, 37, 45. 
And this Joseph, who had dreams and ambitions to do big things for God, but spent about 20 years spinning his wheels, man. Like, what is this all about? Dude, what's happened? They hate me. <laughs> they want to kill me, you know. They, they've kicked me to the curb. I want you to see how they're very similar stories. That Joseph that we're talking about this weekend and the Joseph of Christmas both could have given up and lost hope and faith. Both of them were surprised and shocked by what had happened. But God was the answer. So here's the three takeaways. Here's what I suggest to you. Jot this down. I know you got some notes in your hand. We'll fill this in and uh, see if I can't wrap this up. And then we'll do our communion. There is power. We really do have power to never give up. And I hope you have some of this power too. So it is with God's help. That's what we need. God's help that we never give up. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. Draw near, draw near to me, draw, draw near to him, he says, draw near to me, and uh, you will find this joy I'm talking about. Three steps, three choices, jot these down. Here's the first place to start. Here's how it usually works, because this is how it worked in Joseph in Genesis and Joseph in Bethlehem. Here's how it starts for both of those Josephs and for you and I. You got to choose to pray. You got to choose to pray. And and I And I know you do. And I and I do too. I know we all do. Uh, but I, it's a different kind of prayer that we we have to pray. A prayer that we are praying in this faith and joy of the relationship that we have with God. Um, at Jesus' birth, Herod's trying to kill all the baby Jesuses, all the babies, Jesus included. And uh, parents have to run for their life. It is a dire time. It's a desperate time. It's not exactly like a Hallmark movie. And maybe it does. Sometimes it feels that way. So prayer is a vital part of our survival when we're waiting for God to do something and choosing to have faith and find joy even in our circumstances, you have to pray. And I don't mean just a little prayer, but I mean those kind of prayers where you just talk to God constantly. I don't mean you have to close your eyes, and I don't mean you have to go away somewhere to pray that way. I just mean you have to constantly be in prayer that you're talking to God because he, he cares. You really do matter to him. And uh, here's what James tells us about prayer. We've read it before, but let me read it again. You matter to God. He is for you. Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous man has great power and wonderful results. Elijah was a human, just like you and I. And yet, when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for the next three and a half years. Then he prayed again for rain, and down it poured. The grass turned green. Crops began to grow. We probably all pray. We just probably give up on that prayer. It didn't happen as quick as we wished it would or hoped it would, and we quit praying that prayer. And you just have to keep praying. You just have to keep talking about God's will be done and whatever that is about your relationships or your health or your, you know, your future or your dreams, ambitions, 
and uh, whatever your pain is about, whatever your hurt might be about others, you got to keep praying like like Joseph was praying because he was betrayed. And uh, it would be easy for us just to be angry. Don't be angry. Instead, pray. Pray more. Don't be angry. Stop being mad and pray more. Say amen. amen. It'll make it better. It really will. It'll make your Christmas better. It'll make your end of year better and your new year better. Just pray. Pray for God to heal whatever your hurt is. And, uh, you know, instead of praying about the bad stuff, you know, God, I don't know. What are you going to pray about somebody that you're mad about? Oh, Lord, give them hemorrhoids. I don't know what you're going to pray about, but don't pray that. I'm just saying, just don't pray that. <laughs> pray something better than that. Yeah, pray something good. Say something good. Yeah, try something different. I don't know. I'm trying to be funny, but I, I'm not. I'm serious, guys. It is hard to pray for people that hurt us, guys. I'm telling you, I understand that, man. You want to just pop them one. Like, that hurt. Do you know how bad that hurt me? And you got to get over it. You got to let it go. You got to bury the hatchet. You got to turn it over to God. You got to trust God. Joseph, that I'm reading the story to you tonight, could have just put his foot down and said, God, I'm not going to do it. I'm mad. These guys kicked me to the curb. Matter of fact, they wanted to kill me. My own brothers. I mean, he could have said that, but he didn't. And somehow, at the end... It really did turn out like all things do work together for good. Eventually, even if even if you have to wait till you get to heaven, eventually you're going to meet again. Amen? Yeah, that's where we find this hope. It's not over, so you got to choose to pray. Pray for God to heal whatever's been hurt. And uh, hurt people usually hurt people. So that's just the way it's going to work. So try to get with some healthy people. Try to get with a coach. Get with a mentor. Get with a small group. Get with a friend. Get with somebody who's healthy. Amen? Yeah. I mean, it will really lift your spirits, and you'll have a lot but more success. Luke chapter 6, But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Hard to do. Can't do it unless God help us. It is radical, especially at Christmas. I don't want to do it. But try to do it. So first thing that I would suggest to you is you gotta pray. And uh you gotta pray to for you gotta pray for God to forgive them no matter what they've done. Sometimes it's something we've done, but pray that God would could reach them and I don't know, make things better in their life well as well. Somehow straighten things out in their life. You got to love people like God loves people, even loving your enemies. Sometimes we live with them. Sometimes they're our family members. But it really is what we have to do. We have to do that. We have to pray God will heal the hurt that happened in their life because hurt people are just going to keep hurting more people. And we have to pray that God will forgive them if they'll repent and change their behavior and change their attitude and us too as well. And and I'm telling you, it is that we just have to pray for God to bless other people. Pray God will bless them. Matthew chapter 18, look at this, verse 21. At this point, Peter got up the nerve to ask, Master, how many times do I have to forgive a brother or sister who hurts me? That's what you guys are looking for. When can I say it's enough? I'm done. 
seven times because that was the Jewish idea because they thought, okay, so I'm going to just throw this out here like, you know, if I was the best Jewish person, I would go the extra mile and seven times is the limit. And Jesus says, I'm not doing that anymore. He says 70 times seven, which means forever. Well, okay. I like seven better, but, you know, I can count to seven, but honestly, it's the truth. Try to pray, pray for others that hurt us. Joseph had to pray for his brothers and his family, and eventually God did finish this story and this chapter in his life in a terrific way, an amazing way. The Bible's got these stories, and you've got a story that God wants you to tell about your recovery, but you have to pray first. You have to pray that God will heal the other person who's hurt you, and you've got to pray that God will forgive the other person that needs to be forgiven, and you've got to pray God will bless them. You've got to pray those kind of prayers for other people too, not just for yourself. Luke chapter 6, verse 28, pray for those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. So pray like this when you pray for others who stray and when you choose to try to live again and forgive again and let them do the same. And uh, finally, when you really do discover that things have been difficult, messed up and chaotic and Christmas wasn't what you hoped it would be. You choose to bless them anyway. So pray, forgive, and bless like Joseph did in the story that we read in Genesis 37, Genesis 45. And uh, it really is this look for the box, the simple. You don't have to go to a million verses in the Bible and read the entire Bible. Just read that God loves people. God loves you. You matter. And uh, they matter. Everyone matters. John 3.16. Bottom line, that's the real story of Christmas for all of us. Let me put that in there. Bottom line is saving lives. Again, back to the similarities between Joseph and Genesis and Joseph and Bethlehem. Um, Jesus came to save the world. And Joseph, in chapter 50 of Genesis, says, what you intended for my harm, God intended for my good. He told his brothers that. So the next time that you have to get over something and you have to deal with something that's been very difficult and you decided that you're going to pray first and then you're going to forgive next and then you're going to ask God to bless them anyway. Say, anyway? When you get to those three things in your personal life, God will use you in some way that you might bless other people. What they intended for harm for you will be a blessing to others. Genesis 50, chapter 50, verse 20. So Joseph and all his brothers and his father were all reunited. And what started out that was intended to be his for his bad and for his harm, God eventually, after many years, was able to turn that into a blessing for everyone. Do you know why you're here at Christmas? It's not just for you to get your present under the tree, but it's for you to give a present away to others too. That you'll pray for them and that you'll forgive them and you'll pray that God will bless them too. Even your enemies. Even those who betrayed you. That's that's real Christmas. Amen? Yeah, that that is the Christmas that I'm talking about that happened to this Joseph and even happened to the Joseph of Bethlehem. Joseph and Joseph, quite a compelling story.
saving lives. That's Christmas every day. So let's take communion, you guys who are home. I'm going to remind you what I said just a moment ago in my message here. 1 John. Chapter 4. You all take the little bread. Verse 17. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world, we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. You can do this. You can do this. The Joseph of Genesis, the Joseph and Mary, Joseph who had to believe God and the angel who said, marry her anyway, Joseph. I know she's pregnant, but it's because of the Holy Spirit. And I know people are going to talk and have questions, but do it anyway because I say so. Love her anyway. Perfect love. It's like clearing away all the clutter and the presents and the packages that we thought would be perfect at a time like this and discovering that what we really need is God's love. More than anything, that we have faith in God and never lose our joy and believe that God loves us. Brit, He loves you. You don't have to dress up in any certain way at all. God is love. Let me pray. Drop your little cups after I pray in a little basket. God, thank you for Christmas, the pre-Christmas message I've shared about Joseph. And I pray for the other companion that Brian will share the next couple of weekends of the Joseph and Mary and baby Jesus. May we see the connection of faith and joy and love. Perfect love cast out all fear. Thank you God for taking away our sin through Jesus, baby Jesus who became the Savior of the world. In his name we pray. Amen. Drop that in there. If you've got an offering that you want to give, put it in the plate. And if you want to help us with our meals that we're taking to the nursing homes, you can put that in a jug over there. You guys be blessed, stay well, and try to practice what we've talked about tonight, how important it is that we pray and we forgive and we give away the Jesus blessing to other people. That'll be the best Christmas, the best present, better than any gift you could ever give. 
is it give away the Jesus blessing and love people, all people, even their enemies. Pray for them, forgive them. Give away the Jesus blessing to them too. See you real soon. God bless you. We're going to see you.